0: Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of 10 points of slashing my name is Matthew and my name is SJ and welcome back we took a week off we're back hitting the ground running let's go let's do this yeah, a little
1: mid-season break um, did you actually did you get my message in the admin chat about uh, like structuring yes and I
0: ignored it because we were on a week break. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> we'll talk about it That's after totally this. fair.
1: We'll talk about it after this. Welcome so, to
0: the the infallibly this... organized administrative side of yeah. this podcast so where this... we ignore each other's messages. <laughs> this
1: may or may not be a mid-season break
0: that we did. <laughs> it, it's a break. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll do it in post. Except that we won't because I edit it. <laughs> Because we're super organized. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's why I would love to give someone like 10 minutes of access to the admin chat at the end of the year. Just to see Just, it, to, yeah. just to see the absolute nonsense and nothingness that is the structure of this podcast.
1: Yeah. It's like, I'm sure from the outside it looks really organized because we go into these things with topics and we stay on well, topic. And, yeah, and we're,
0: we're only delivering a finished product, right? Exactly. <laughs> so Yeah, but everything between episodes is
1: just a... F- freaking hot mess it doesn't make any sense it's a mess (laughs) but it works so um yeah so as we exit out of our little may or may not be a mid-season break break uh we had some conversation we want to change things up a little bit so we're gonna move away from the can finding
0: so that does bring up though that on the discord user tiff is the one and only can finder. Yeah, with, unless someone goes back and finds like all of them. You if know what somebody I mean?
1: does that, yeah, they're going to dethrone her permanently. But and, she, yeah. she has a shirt waiting for her. Yeah. <laughs> I really want somebody to go back and dethrone her just out of spite and like send us a message that they found every single can, all of them at once. <laughs> yeah, send
0: us like a big, super, super row of yeah. <laughs> energy drinks.
1: And we do, I don't even think we'd remember some of them at this point. We just we'd have, have to go, to go back, back and, and listen and yeah. be like, Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. We should
0: have kept the empty cans. <laughs> so that way we had something to cross. <laughs> See, this this is the benefits of planning things ahead of time. Yeah. Instead of walking into a gas gas station and being like, This would be funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we're uh we're moving on to some different things. We haven't really decided at all what it is we're gonna do, as I'm sure you're shocked about because yeah. of how organized we are. Uh, but
0: I guess that, that brings up, you know, if you guys comment on the YouTube videos or get in the Discord, if there's something that you want to like if there's like an opening bit you think would be funny or like we could do a Q&A kind of thing at the beginning of every episode. Just like interact with us. Let us know what you want. We don't have ideas.
1: Yeah, I like the idea of a Q&A, but I, dude, no, we have ideas. That's the problem is we yeah, have we just s- can't pick, so many we just ideas. We can't pick which one we want Yeah, to we, do. yeah. we can't make a decision.
0: Uh, so we do have we have users that very consistently respond in the discord and interact with us after the episodes that we could just go through and read their comments. Yeah, no, I like that a lot.
1: Um, we have some really cool stories, like really cool. Like when we do these top episodes, a lot of people will sometimes just share their own. And yeah. it's super, I wanted, I'm so sorry.
0: I know you're trying to move on, but I do. I want to shout out, um, one of the use, uh, I believe it's pronounced Nixiecon the- yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, your, your animal crossing story warned my heart because animal crossing was my childhood. And I'm glad that you found animal crossing in the pandemic and that you had such a great time with it. It's such a chill, fun game, and, like, just like you said, I vibe to the the GameCube and the New Horizons soundtrack all the time. Yeah, no, that's awesome, and
1: I love—it's so corny, dude, but I love stories like that that just warm your heart because, like, outside of, yeah, we play video games and we're big nerds, like, outside of that, obviously, this stuff has a big impact on our lives, and— in in a lot of ways, playing video games or getting into this kind of nerd culture stuff is just an escape and a way for us to, you know, just kind of handle day-to-day life. So hearing stories like that where, you know, it's like quantifiably used to, you know, help you through something, like, it's a really beautiful thing. So Yeah, man. Like, thank you so much for sharing that. It um, was rad. It's rad. Um, but I actually have – it's not a bit, but it's just a uh, – Stupid little thing I did uh, with a mutual friend of Matt and I's recently. Um, she, so this friend, she has never seen a single Star Wars movie or any Star Wars content whatsoever. No idea how. It's
0: 2023. Not even by accident. Like, yeah. Like, casually seeing an episode of, like, The Clone Wars or something. Yeah. Like,
1: and it's not because, like, oh, she's young or, oh, she's really old. Like, no, she's, she's my age. And she has never seen anything Star Wars. So recently, what was it, about a week ago, man? It was like, two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Uh, I quantify my life in D&D sessions, and it was two D&D okay. sessions yeah. ago.
1: Perfect. <laughs> so I decided on a really weird whim that I was going to play through Lego Indiana Jones with her. Because she had also never seen uh, an Indiana
0: Jones movie so we arguably more understandable than Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, you know I what agree. I mean.
1: Yeah, that's like okay. You've can give you have never seen Indiana Jones movie. for that, right? So we decided to sit down and watch The Last Crusade because I think it's objectively the best Indiana Jones yeah, that's movie. Yeah, great. And you don't really need to watch any of the others to to enjoy Last Crusade. So we watched yeah. that, and like I said, just on a whim, I decided like, oh, we're gonna play Lego Indiana Jones, and she had never seen or she'd only seen last crusade so i was like all right well that's the game we're going to play and as we were playing it she kept having these moments where she was like oh i know i know what's happening right now like oh i remember this part from the movie and then she'd laugh cuz you know how the lego games the older lego games like there was no dialogue they just it's made the, like
0: funny they made like
1: grunt noises and
0: what's the, what's that word? like pantomime yeah, yeah they'd like
1: pantomime stuff and like grunt noises and you'd have like a vague understanding of what was going on so we finished last crusade and i was like I had the incredible idea. I was like, hang on, you have you have a pretty vague understanding of what's happening from this Lego game, right? She's like, yeah. And I was like, hang on. So I loaded up Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga, which was a combination of the first game, which was the prequel trilogy, and the second game, which was the uh, original trilogy. And I was like, I want to play through these games and see if you can have anything close to an understanding of what is actually happening in the movies without seeing them. And so we did. And I took notes. And I can't
0: wait for this. It's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> it's going to be awful, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes. So I have, the notes are a little disjointed, but I'm going to like, I'll, I'll clarify them. So we started with, because when you load up the game, you have to start with episode one. It doesn't let you choose another movie. So I was like, all right, well, I guess we're gonna do chronological instead of yeah, like
0: yeah, instead of like what's what's that like fan thing? It's like four, five, one, two, three, six, or like yeah, some weird weird stuff. Yeah, 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 there's
1: some cool orders to watch it in. But um, so here's my notes: we have Star Wars Episode One, and I'm like I said, I'm gonna read the notes exactly as I took them, and then I'm kind of gonna explain them. (laughs) Episode One: Sir Flops a lot has floppy ears. Jar, Yes. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> Why is she a clown? Is she talking about Padme's, like, <laughs> yeah. princess makeup? Yeah, I do, I do makeup. just want to say, uh, huge spoilers for The Mandalorian. Um, Ahmed Best recently had yeah, yeah. a fucking amazing yeah, yeah. cameo in Mandalorian. Yeah, welcome back, man. Welcome back. Yeah. Hey, man, if you fucking find our podcast, welcome back. I've always... Because I watched episode one and two... As like a little kid And Jar Jar was the fucking best thing ever mm-hmm. You know what I mean Like it's it's He's designed to be entertaining for kids So I always loved Jar Jar And then I grew up And I was like Everyone hates him But he's so yeah. funny <laughs> So welcome back Ahmed Best You're incredible Uh, Next note I,
1: I, I translated this roughly Because she had no idea That the man's name was Panaka Why is she a clown Yeah Captain Panaka is the, like, the head yeah, of yeah, security yeah. for Naboo. He's yeah, the,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he have, like, the robot eye? or am No,
1: I... no, no. That's Typho from the second movie. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Panaka's in the first movie. Here's the note. Panaka is Amidala's secret lover. I don't know where she got that from, but we're playing through the game, and well, she was like, oh, that guy's that. She clearly doesn't lover.
0: understand that he's, like, a 30-year-old man, and Padme's, like, 14. 14. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better. All right, next mm. note.
1: Needed money to fix ship. Okay. One race fixed ship. Okay, great. That's, that's spot on, that's, right? That is exactly
0: yeah. what happened, yeah. Next they note. broke
1: down on Tatooine, did the pod race. Uh, next note. Boss Nass is the Grinch. Snot man.
0: <laughs> okay, hold on. I have to decipher this. Boss Nass. There's, there's,
1: there's, a, there's a cut scene that shows Boss Nass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just went, is that the Grinch? Who is that snotman? Snot man. <laughs> Because he looks like a snot man in the
0: Lego game. He Okay, two Yeah, okay, 2 Because when I think Boss Nass, I'm thinking the movie version. Yeah. He's a rotund, jolly guy, yeah. but I don't know where she was getting snot from. But thinking about, like, the Lego version of Boss yeah. Nass, yeah. Yeah, we'll pull it up. Yeah. And then, okay, so
1: you know how there's, like, there's all the, the Gungans. Thumbnail, Boss Nass. Yeah. You know how all the Gungans, like, rally at the end of the movie yeah, and then yeah. they, like, fight the war? Sir Flops a lot has a big family.
0: I don't think he's related to any of them.
1: All the Gungans I, fighting. I, I yeah. think
0: they all hate Jar Jar. And then, Also, to say that Jar Jar fought in that war is a very <laughs> loose overestimation of what he actually did. All right. And then,
1: last note, I put, this This was her summary for, you know, the end scene where they're all celebrating. So, she
0: had absolutely nothing to say about Darth Maul? We, we'll we get there. Oh, Because okay. I, I have all another right. section. But. All right. <laughs> There's, like, the
1: big party sequence at the end of the movie where they're all celebrating. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of, like, gives little character, like, snippets of everybody that played a role. Yeah. And at the end of it, R2-D2 just, like, jumps up and down. Yeah. This was her one takeaway from that entire scene. From, from the Gungan fight all the way through Darth Maul, through all of that, through Qui-Gon dying, all of that. Her one takeaway was, happy robot. <laughs> that sounds exactly like her yep,
0: yep. <laughs> she had nothing to say about qui-gon dying so
1: i then asked i was like okay so i took notes as we were going i want you to now give me a summary of yeah. what happened and she goes okay and i i like translated a little bit but i'll read exactly what i put okay federation attacking planet obi-wan and qui-gon sent to negotiate doesn't work <laughs> It does not. Okay.
0: Gra- <laughs> granted, it does not work. She is absolutely correct. Bunch of people die. Also correct. <laughs> it is a war. Yeah. Take it's the sorry. planet
1: back from people? Hmm. Uh, the queen. This is the best part. No, hold on,
0: back up. Take the planet back from. Is she talking about Gungun? Naboo? Oh, Naboo. Yeah. Okay. I was like, is she talking about like? Okay, what? And then the queen and her lover. And her
1: lover. <laughs> her thirty-year-old lover. Bring a D and D party to save the planet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you ever watch a movie? <laughs> like, like, put some boots with the last. Yeah. The last wish. Very often, I watch a movie, and I'm like, this was a D&D game. Exactly. This yeah. was a game of D&D. 100%. I don't know about Star Wars, but like the Puss in Boots, <laughs> the First and the Last Wish are both like, that. this is a D&D game.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then, oh, and the last note is, Padme is R2-D2's handler. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> so, moving on to episode two. Yeah. These are the notes. Space Fast and Furious.
0: Somebody's trying to kill somebody, and we're talking to the. She's she talking about this the scene where Obi Wan and Anakin are like flying through Coruscant. And yeah, shit? space I, fast. And I curious. guess that could be considered space fast. And, furious. and that's
1: exactly what I told her. I was like, you know what? Oddly enough, when you watch the movie, that is a, that's spot on. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, they Some got a bright yellow Lamborghini. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Somebody's trying to kill somebody, and we're talking to the aliens for help. Aliens being the Kaminoans. Oh, you mean the aliens? Yeah. And then, immediately after, the aliens have betrayed us. I mean, they didn't. No. They
0: didn't. No, no they didn't. They, just, they were just doing what they were paid to do.
1: And then, somebody's trying to kill the aliens now for trying to help us. Um,
0: I mean, kind, they did kind <laughs> of <laughs> help Obi-Wan escape. Well, they At, didn't really help Obi-Wan escape. He just kind of got to the landing pad of right. his own accord and, and then Django Fett chased him down. Yoda is part of alien people. Helping us stop
1: the other alien people from trying to kill the councilwoman. The
0: councilwoman being Padme Amidala. I mean, Yoda is not part of an evangelical race set out to save the world. He's just Yoda. Like, he's just a dude. Wait
1: till you hear the Obi-Wan thing in the end. So, Yoda fucked Dooku up but didn't kill him. Accurate enough. Honestly, he didn't really fuck Duku up. Yeah, but he, Dooku kind of had him the Yoda one too. He
0: kind of had Duku on. Duku kind of had rubs. Yoda on
1: the back foot yeah. for a lot of that. Um, and then here we go. This one's good. Bad guy is still trying to kill Lady. So you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then here we go. The bad guy. So you know, at the end of episode two, Duku flies into that little creepy yeah. place in Coruscant and top meets with Sidious. Yeah. Bad guy partnered up with another bad guy. Bad guy Tinder. Her translation is that Dooku got on bad guy Tinder to find another bad guy that he would match with and found Sidious, and now they're going to partner up. (laughs) That is... (laughs) That is incorrect (laughs) on so many levels. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Episode three. The Chancellor was kidnapped. Spot on. Obi-Wan is a space bounty hunter who rescues people. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean Kind of is all, Throughout all three movies Obi-Wan's job has been to save people Yep <coughs> So um, I mean kind of This is a funny one Robot people
1: have a problem With bear banana people She called
0: the Ewoks Bear banana people No this is episode 3 not Ewoks Oh what am I thinking of So in Lego Star Wars The Wookiees Oh, the
1: Wookiees have this weird little yellow thing on their heads that she interpreted as they're wearing bananas on their heads.
0: Oh, is she talking about uh, like the like Yoda and uh, the the on, Wookiees Kashyyyk. on Kashyyyk? okay, got it.
1: And the robot people being the trade the, the, for, the, the battle, ra- ra- yeah, not yeah, the, the trade federation, ra- but the separatists.
0: Yeah, the battle droids, the seps. Uh,
1: seps in quotes. Thanks for helping me save my friends. This is what Yoda says to uh, Chewbacca and Tarful. As he leaves in the, thing but in the to game, all the he Dagobah. does is nod
0: and go. Rawr. Yeah,
1: I mean, kinda. Th- this one's pretty solid. Anakin married Padme, got her pregnant, but then he realized he wanted to stay single, so he turned to the dark side. That is
0: wholly inaccurate. <laughs> Vastly, that is yeah. the exact opposite reason that he turned to the dark side <laughs> was that he didn't want to stay single. <laughs> uh, wife died having babies.
1: True. Tinder bad guy. Changed Anakin into a super being that is Fatty Vader. I think that was a mis- an autocorrect. I think I tried to put Darth and it changed it to Fatty. But Can you read that one more time for me? Tinder bad guy mm-hmm. yeah. changed Anakin into
0: a super being. A super being. That so, is
1: Fatty Vader.
0: Clearly the, the concept that Vader is significantly weaker at the end of episode three is lost on her. <laughs>
1: Well, because at the end he like gets all mad yeah, and breaks yeah, the yeah. whole
0: room. He could have done that before. Yeah, <laughs> but when Anakin became Vader, he was significantly weaker because he's losing, yeah. n- missing ninety percent of his body. So that that is the summary. You want to keep trilogy. it? You want to keep it at the prequel trilogy for this episode? Yeah, yeah. That yeah is... We haven't done the the original trilogy oh, yet, okay. but that is incredible.
1: There's so much that's
0: correct. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's so much that she's like not wrong on per se, but it's like the exact opposite of what is actually true. Yeah. So So it's like the right train of thought, but not
1: correct. What I'd like to do is have all of us sit down and watch the prequel trilogy with her. Yeah. And have her go, oh.
0: Um, One of my favorite things about the entire prequel trilogy is if at any point during episode two, Obi-Wan was like, oh, hey, that weird dude that tried to kill me is standing directly next to Count Dooku. Red flag. Yeah. Everything could have been avoided. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What's the... This is such a weird tangent. What's the, like, slur... That they call the battle droids. I was just thinking of that too. Uh, clankers, clankers, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like an in-universe mm-hmm. slur. That's hilarious. It's a racial slur. They say clankers, seps, um, I don't, tin heads probably in yeah, there somewhere. Yeah, tin heads, yeah. yeah, That's great. I love Tinder bad guy. Yeah, Tinder bad guy. That was a high point. Maybe Sidious just wants love, dude. Hidden Empire chapter or uh, uh, issue five just came out. And I know that you don't read any of the Star Wars comics, uh, but the, the all of Hidden Empire uh, issue five is literally just Sidious and Vader wrecking house. Nice. And there's there's one line where like they're like him and Vader, like cutting people down and Sidious goes, you know, normally when I need shit to get done, that's why I have you and I send you to kill people. But I'll admit I've missed this as he's just dismembering <laughs> people. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's Sidious, man. Yeah, dude. The Hidden Empire issue five is great. <laughs> all of the Vader comics, like the like Vader uh, and uh, Doctor Afra and Hidden Empire, are all incredible. So so good. Yeah. There's one issue where uh, super tangent. I'm sorry. I'll be quick. There's one issue where, like, uh, he's on Mustafar, and Sidious, this is right after becoming Vader, Sidious sends, like, a bounty hunter to kill him, and he messes Vader up, and he ends up in the room on Mustafar where he killed all of the battle droids and, and the, the, the Separatist leaders. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, like, used the battle droid parts to, like, replace his limbs that got damaged and, like, went all survivor mode and, like, nice. killed the bounty hunter and shit. And it's just stuff like that is, like, it's so enriching to the lore of why Vader is a badass. Because you know he's a badass, but to see, like... Parts of Anakin shining through is so great. It was exactly. so cool. It was so yeah. wild. Just seeing him make like... And he had like a blaster on his arm and shit. Yeah, because dude. he took like a super battle droid arm and shit like that. Yeah, it's like, like connecting, yeah, yeah.
1: connecting the character of Anakin and the character of Vader and seeing that happen is beautiful. And I think yeah. that's the entire reason that that sequence at the end of Kenobi hit so hard. Oh, because yeah. It was the first time you really see like, oh, Anakin and Vader, like they are essentially the same person yeah and it's the first time that i think in media that that was really like hit home you know yeah
0: everyone if you're a fan of star wars read the vader read dr f or read hidden empire it's all so good but regardless we do have a topic today and on that note uh none of my my uh games on the list are star wars so (laughs) yeah uh neither mine. so we were we're, we're, we had an idea to do top five game intros and outros, but we decided to split that into two episodes. This episode is going to be intros, and outros will be uh, a few down the line. Uh, we're going to keep them close-ish together. we were going to do five, but uh, we're, we've cut it down to three. Um, but I do have two honorable mentions that we can do first. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. you go first. Just real quick. Um, well,
1: uh... Let's do. Do you, you want to do,
0: do? Do you want to do honorable mentions now, or do you want to do them before number one?
1: Let's do them before number one because okay. I I only have three. Got it. So I'm
0: sure you'll think of some. Yeah, maybe. yeah, I'm sure I will. So um, go ahead so, and take us away with yours. My number three. My number three harkens back to our test episode. Uh, it's unreleased, um, and it's a topic that I would love to actually do a full episode on. Uh, but in that episode, we talked about like video game deaths. Um, and one of the deaths that I talked about was from a game called Arma 3. I know that I've talked about this game a few times. Um, but the intro of Arma 3 is is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite tropes. Literally, all three of my top three are this same trope of like, la-di-da-di-da, everything is fine. And then, oh, God, then everything, everything is very suddenly not fine. Everything is awful. Yeah. Arma 3 is that. Your, your Corporal or Sergeant Carrier, I don't remember his rank, Um It really doesn't matter very quickly, Um, but you're just, you know, flying around on this little island. There's a very temporary, very like hostile truce uh, between uh, NATO and uh, this like faction of uh, this military faction from Altus and you're flying around in a helicopter. You're bullshit. And you're talking about how much you hate standing around doing nothing like typical military game stuff. Uh, you fly to a base, check it out, make sure everything's okay. Then you get in a convoy uh and begin to drive off. And then all of a sudden the radio goes off uh and people are like, hey, something weird's happening, and then the radios start cutting, but it's all in the background. Like you you write you write up to like a military checkpoint and they're checking your van and then you're like having a conversation. And while all that's happening, there's just radio chatter very ambiently, very ambiently, very hard to miss in the background. That's just like, hey, something's not right. Or like, hey, this convoy is acting weird or like, hey, these people are like following us and like just very not okay stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's so easy to miss because you're just talking and going through this checkpoint and stuff. And then the pin drops. Everything goes to hell. There's like dog fights in the air. There's Mm -hmm. mines going off in the background. There's people screaming over the radio. It gets cut. Your truck hits a mine. And then all of a sudden you and uh, I think Sergeant Adams, I believe, are just stranded with absolutely zero communication and being shot at from a tree line. And you're just like, what do we do? Um, and that whole first mission is kind of just getting, breaking into the tree line, fighting your way to a safe point um, in the forest away from like, you know, air support basically. Um, And then the second mission uh, is when, was when that moment that I talked about from the unreleased episode happens. But that first mission is so crazy because Arma 2, Arma is a very open, very unstructured, like, combat game because it's, like, a military sandbox, so instead of Call of Duty where it's, like, go here, do this, there's, like, no objective, there's no waypoint, it's just, like, fight into the woods, and then you fight into the woods, and then once you get to, like, that scripted kind of part, they're, like, hey, go here, hey, these map coordinates, go to these map coordinates, like, hey, we need to head bearing this way north, like, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. So it's very unguided, very unstructured. just everything goes to hell, and you have to figure it out uh, hmm. and I've always loved that. It was just such a cool the The whole story is great, but like the second half of the second act and then all the third act is like it's kind of fatiguing in a way, just yeah because um, the, like arma is a game where they're like every key on your mouse and keyboard is used for something and it's just like every neuron is firing you have to you have to command ai yeah you have to command ai it's just a lot to worry about so like i've played through the whole campaign a bunch of times but every now and then i'll be like i just want to play the first mission again like that's Mm -hmm. all i
1: need (laughs) uh here's a question for you have you ever played the 2010 version of a game medal of honor no, I only played okay. like
0: the remake or the newer one in like 2013 or whatever that was. That's that's the
1: that's what I'm talking about. The, it, mm. it it was just called metal yeah, of Honor. I played that. I played that. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, honestly, it's probably my favorite military shooter of all time. Like mm-hmm. above and beyond anything Call of Duty has done. Uh, just because of how freaking gritty it is, and yeah. it's it's got an intro that's very similar to that. Like yeah. you're just da 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 doing your thing, and then everything goes to hell, and the rest of the game is you like you know basically trying to catch up it's based on real events too it's based on the uh battle of roberts ridge oh uh it was an early operate part of an early operation in afghanistan in 2002 um that's cool but yeah it's it's based on real events and it's it's super cool and yeah like i said that game yeah incredible
0: yeah arma is just a game that stuck with me for so long because it's it's one of those games that survives and thrives entirely on its online community, mm-hmm. uh, which I have been very actively involved with um, in various degrees. Because there's like there's groups that you can join up with and just have fun. There's like you're going to cringe really hard. Oh, no.
1: Yeah. You're the super nerdy. like. There's
0: like the super nerdy former military like actual granted real former military people that like get together and make like units and, and kind of do it that way. Uh, there's like civilian-led like units of people that like wish they were in the military but I would, didn't.
1: I would rager the people doing that. There are very few actual infantrymen in those groups, but uh, in the, the military-led
0: being... groups, there there is like groups that are straight up only military veterans allowed, mm-hmm. like because it's it's a real thing. But a lot of the units that I've played in uh, have been like more casual but still like structured. Um and I've I've only ever tried to play in units that are like led by people that were in the military. And I was always very clear, like, dude, I just like shooting stuff. I'm not gonna try and be a cool guy. Like, just tell no. me what to do and I'm gonna shoot it. But uh it's I've gotten thousands of hours out of that game, but I just love that the the intro story. It's so good. So good. Right on, dude. But that's my that's my number three, the intro of armor three. Cool. Uh
1: I have something interesting to point out about My entire top three that I will point out at the end because I don't want to give any spoilers, but there is a there is a theme Mm -hmm. in mine uh, that I just realized. But cool. Moving into my my number three is Dark Souls three. So you look
0: like you are pondering. I was so I was going to put Dark Souls three on my list and then I ended up not because like the intro Dark Souls three is fun, but it's literally just like you exist go yeah.
1: so so my i i guess mine has a little bit more of a story from my perspective rather than just like what, a, like a what real the game world is. story or yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Oh, okay gotcha. yeah like rather than just what the game is but like you know my experience with it so like oddly enough first time i ever played anything dark souls was on matt's computer i was on leave and uh in the house that he was living in at the time i for whatever reason distinctly remember where this computer was like behind it was a window in yeah, the back yeah, yeah, yeah. The house. yeah.
0: I was in the front
1: room. Yeah. yeah. And um, I remember, I don't know why I was just fucking around and I I guess I just loaded this game up or something or you told me about well, it or- because
0: I I grew up playing the Dark Souls games. I played Dark Souls one, uh, 2 first when it came out. I went back and played Dark Souls 1 um, and then when Dark Souls 3 came out, I was all over it. So similarly to kind of how we bullied you into playing Skyrim that one time, you would come up, come home on leave and I was like, hey. You like Skyrim now. Check this game out. It's rad.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, I I remember sitting down and playing it and thinking like, oh, yeah, this is weird. And I was just in a mood to fuck around where normally if you had said that to me and I sat down to play a game, if within the first 30 seconds I'm not into it, then I'm just like, yeah, it's not for me, man. But for whatever reason, I was just in a mood to be weird and zany. So I yeah. sat down and I played it and what immediately gripped me is i was like oh wow there's like there's actual character customization like i can choose a class i can do mm-hmm. all this stuff and uh and what i my experience you jump in and the game is very much like okay press this button to attack do this do that and the first couple moments are like stupid easy yeah and like you spawn in the graveyard and a, there's an enemy One literally dude facing away from you and the game is like press this button to attack you attack once and he dies and you're like oh okay cool and then you go find another classic
0: dark souls and it's
1: like okay press this button to heavy attack and you do and you're like oh okay cool well like what is so challenging about this and then you run through it a little bit you get to a bonfire then you get to this little point and i remember the challenge going up a little bit because obviously it's dark souls if you get if you get hit once it's like a considerable thing and you're like oh okay cool all right so It's a little challenge here. And then you get to I,
0: that mother, he, Oh, he stopped me hard.
1: Yeah. And I remember banging my head against the wall with that dude multiple times. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like it's impossible. You can't do this. This doesn't work. This is stupid. This is stupid. And I just banged my head against the wall. And then I just gave up and I was like, yeah, it seems like a cool game, but it's just like, I guess it's just not for me. And then I walked away from it. And then I want to say probably like the next week. Like, after I got back from leave, I probably bought it myself. Well, I, I know I did at some point, but um, I got it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. And I, same thing. I banged my head against the wall. Just could not kill this dude. And then I remember the moment I finally did, that was my first, like, Dark Souls experience. Yeah. Where you finally get something done and you lose your shit. Yep. And you're like... Yes! yes and then i was like oh that's 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 the that's game. the appeal behind this game is the insurmountable challenge and then you do it
0: yeah and I, now
1: i can go back and one shot iadex gun deer no problem obviously because like you know we've done it so many times we're like oh, okay dodge
0: this he's dodge still that. he'll still wreck me every now and then if i'm not paying attention yeah
1: exactly if i'm not paying attention every now and then but like now no matter what class i start as like no matter what i do i'm like oh okay roll here roll there do this do that but yeah I remember having that feeling and that's what locked me into Dark Souls is just that feeling of like, holy shit,
0: I did it. I'll I'll tell you that I have the tradition. I haven't fully done it in Elden Ring yet just because I haven't bought it yet, cause, but I've like played it uh, like on and off on your Xbox. I, I, Dark Souls 3 is what started my tradition of playing a uh, deprived, I believe, is mm-hmm. the class. Yeah, yeah. Making them look as ugly and old and decrepit as possible and naming them something really, really stupid. Uh, like Squibbly Jimbus is usually my go to. Uh, and just beating the game with with just a loincloth and a, a beating stick. Uh, mm-hmm. Dark Souls 3 started that tradition. It took me literal months to do it, and then I went back to 2 and 1, and it took me, like, between both of those games, it probably took me, like, two years. Just because it's so hard when you put that limitation on yourself. to just. And I think you, Dark you Souls know. 1 is objectively harder than uh, Well, Demon's Souls is the hardest, well, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. Demon's Souls is nuts. But Dark Souls 1, I would say Dark Souls 1 is not as bad as Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2 is rough.
1: I think Dark Souls 2 has a sharper curve.
0: Yeah. Before you get to the point where you're comfortable with it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Yeah. I went into Dark Souls 3 with the experience of one and two, and or uh, yeah, with the experience of one and two, and uh, Iedex still rocked me. So yeah, we he's, he's a hard boss. We've toyed around with the idea of doing a Dark Souls episode because there's just there's a lot. The to lore of Dark Souls there. is insane.
1: And like, not just the lore, but just everything about the games in general. Um, That'd be cool to do at some point in the future, but uh,
0: yeah. But yeah, I respect that. That's my number three. Okay. My number two is as much a legitimate pick for me as it is a nostalgia pick. And I think SJ might know a little bit about this because I think this was well before you joined the military. So Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. I, as a kid, was obsessed with that game. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, like, Disney characters or if it was the combat or or what. Mm -hmm. Because, like, trying to comprehend the story of Kingdom Hearts as a whole is, like... It's, like, in a way, it's harder than the story of Dark Souls. Because if you can take the pieces of Dark Souls and put it together, you're like, oh, okay, I have a story here. Mm -hmm. Kingdom Hearts gives you all of the pieces, but none of them make any sense whatsoever. It's It's, like, literally, it is nonsense it is Mm. absolute nonsense um but just the the it falls into the trope of like everything is fine and everything goes crazy because uh after the events of kingdom hearts one um sora is basically out of commission and you start as roxas which is sora's uh oh what's the term like hollow no no i don't remember the term arc dark spawn <laughs> uh he's like his his heartless there it is uh so Roxas is heartless and um d- don't even don't even try to understand okay. just take yep. what i'm saying at face value yep uh roxasasaur is heartless and you find like you start the game as roxas and you're with your friends and you're eating ice uh, sea salt ice cream i believe and you're just chilling and having a good time Uh, and then very quickly you realize that you're in a simulation and then, uh, members of the order come and then like Axel is like, Hey, I'm your best friend, but I'm going to kill you. And you're like, okay, why are you going to kill me? Uh, and then you enter the mansion and then you realize that you're in a simulation and that you're basically just fodder for Sora to be rejoined with him so that he could be whole again. It's just this crazy, absolute nonsense. But like, There's these moments in the intro where you're just, like, a young kid hanging out with your ragtag group of friends in a town trying to, like, you know, earn money to go to the park. You know what I mean? Like, just little simple stuff like that. And it it just, like, it's so nostalgic for me because, like, the friendships, it's, like, so believable. The dialogue is a little crunchy because it's, you know, early 2000s. Right. Um. But it just, it hits that nostalgia, that piece, and then there's this little mini game. I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but there's this little mini game where you're, like, beating the shit out of people with, like, foam swords, basically. And they drop, like, these orbs, and yours are blue, and the enemies are pink, and whatever, just the image of the blue and pink orbs is just so ingrained into my memory. Because I did it so many times. Because uh, I couldn't actually beat the game because I was so young. So I just mm-hmm. kept doing the intro over and over again because I was like, hey, have fun? But yeah, just just everything about the intro, the, the vibe, the environment, like playing it again as an adult and like seeing all the weird kind of like simulation kind of inception-y stuff is, is really interesting. And just everything goes to hell. And then all of a sudden you're fighting for your life against these weird reflective silvery schools, like snaky squid people, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know what they're called. I don't remember, but they move weird, and that scared me as a kid. Um, but yeah, just the, like I, I really don't have anything like academic to say about it. It's just, it's just super nostalgic. And then playing it again as an adult, it's, it's solid. It does a good job. Right on, man. And then all of that horror atmosphere that they spend so long building up is immediately diminished when you get back to Sora and then Donald and Goofy are there, and then they're just like, yuck yuck, let's go to fucking Hercules. It's like it's like, oh okay, cool, we're back in Kingdom Hearts. This <laughs> is this really crazy inception horror-esque game intro, and then it's like, eh, I'm fucking goofy, let's go see our buddies, and it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's crazy. Kingdom Hearts is a wild ride. <laughs> Oh, yuck, yuck, I'm goofy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty accurate.
1: Oh, man, good pick, interesting. Yeah, we haven't talked about that game at all. Um, Because it's
0: impossible to talk
1: about. It makes no sense. With that said, my number two and my number one are games we've talked about.
0: (laughs) My number one is a game we've talked about. Cool. If your um, number one is not the game that I'm thinking of, I'm gonna be surprised. It's it's definitely the game. Okay, you're we'll say of. It, we'll like do a you, three, two, one, and say it at the same time. Yeah. You, but what's you your no, number two? You know the game I'm thinking of. Okay. Uh, what's your number my two? number two? Is Uncharted three? I was I was mouthing Uncharted as he said it. I yeah. knew it. I knew it. I, I couldn't
1: decide whether to put that at number. Is Uncharted two or... Uncharted
0: three? Is Uncharted three the one that opens with the plane? Or am I just completely wrong?
1: No, it doesn't open with a plane. The plane happens in the middle of the game in Uncharted 3. Okay. Uncharted 3 opens with this super cool guy scene of Nate and Sully, the like yeah. basically the main characters in suits walking through oh, these alleys yeah. in London. Yep. And okay, so I have to like preface a little bit and just say Uncharted 3 was the first Uncharted game that I played. So I knew nothing about these characters. I knew nothing about the gameplay. I didn't know that it was like an adventure kind of game. I literally knew nothing about the game. So my perspective is I load it up and I see, you know, Nate and Sully walking through these alleys in London. There's this super cool guy music playing. They're wearing suits. One of them's got a briefcase and they go in through this, you know, back door. They end up in this little spot. And then there's this like cool ass little scene where they do this like, like drug deal kind of thing. They're like swapping you know, they have the briefcase, it's full of, or no, it's it's got something in it, and uh, they're like, alright, do you have the money? And he's like, yeah, do you have the thing? And they do the switch, and then, you know, shit goes crazy, and there's a bar fight. And that's how the game opens up, is with this bar fight, and it just drops you into Nathan Drake's shoes and you're like, uh, I, I don't know what's going on. And you just have to fight like 36 million guys that all look like Jason Statham. Yeah, and, they do. They <laughs> totally do. And you just bar fight. And I remember as I was playing that, I remember thinking, I'm not really into this. Like, I don't, I don't really like this. Like, is this just going to be a fighting game? Like, is... And in my mind, I had conceptualized in that moment. I was like, okay, that's what this game is. It's just fight sequences, and it'll take me from, like, room to room. Like, right now, I'm in a bar.
0: Oh, so you thought it was going to be, like, a beat-em-up.
1: Yeah, and I was like, okay, in the next Street's level, range. I'm going to be in, you know, like, a jungle, and there's just going to be one room that I have to fight all these guys in. And that's kind of where I thought it was going, but I still completed it, because I was like, oh, the fist fight, the, the combat's actually really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's um, okay.
1: But I beat it, and then that sequence ends with... Nate and Sully getting shot (laughs) and left in this alleyway and then the game pans out and I think they do the title sequence there I think you know they get shot and then it pans out on them just kind of like dead in the alleyway literally like leaning on piles of trash and it pans out and then the game flashes back
0: yeah one of my favorite tropes in game intros is when you start like midway through the game Uh, I think all of two of my honorable mentions are that of like starting in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't really start in the future. It just flashes back to when Nate was a kid, when he yeah, was, like, yeah. 15 or 16, and then you play through this little sequence, and then after that, it flashes back to the current events, and you find out that they didn't actually get shot. They just set this thing up with one of the people that looks like Jason Statham, <laughs> and, and you know, he it was just, like, a ruse. It was a fake that he the dude didn't actually shoot him. They just had, like, blood bags or something, and they did whatever, but anyway... I remember going through that and thinking like, okay, it's just going to be like a beat him up room to room. I'm just going to have fights. But then they get shot at the end of it. And I was like, dude, where the hell is this going? And then it flashes back to the sequence. You play as Nathan Drake as a kid. And yeah, I was hooked. I was just like that brought me in immediately because I didn't know what to expect. And then it gave me something that completely subverted my expectations. And, you know, obviously from there, the rest is history. I love like Uncharted
0: the the series is one of my favorite series of all time. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So I guess just kind of moving into honorable mentions, my my first honorable mention is one of my favorite game series of all time. I don't talk about it a lot because uh, it doesn't really come up because a lot of what we talk about is fantasy focused. But growing up, I was in love with anything that had Tom Clancy's name on it. Yeah. If it had Tom Clancy's name on it, you best believe I'm all over it. Um mm. So, one of my favorite game intros of all time is a game that when it came out, I hated because I was so disappointed. Uh, And then they made it better through like updates and and changes and stuff like that. So, it's one of my favorite games now. But when it came out, I was so bummed. Uh, I love the intro to Ghost Recon Breakpoint um, because you get through all. What
1: do you mean when you were a kid? That game was like.
0: Breakpoint? Yeah, no. Breakpoint was like a couple years ago. Yeah. I'm just saying I've always loved Ghost Recon, or, like, Tom Clancy. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I've always loved Tom Clancy, but, like, just, you know, okay, just I kind of you. refocusing it on you. this. Because um, when it came out, like, the whole, like, level loot kind of sucked, especially coming from Wildlands, which is my favorite uh, Tom Clancy yeah, slash Ghost Recon game ever. It's incredible. Um, Coming from that into Breakpoint, it was really disappointing, but they, I think they saved the game personally, but... Just flying in on a bunch of helicopters as a whole-ass, like, battalion of ghosts, like, people on the level of, like, Nomad, Midas, Weaver, and Holt, and just, like, getting absolutely destroyed. All of the ghosts being dead and you having to literally crawl your way out of that situation to safety uh, is incredible. I loved the intro sequence to Breakpoint. My next—this is, this, this is a testosterone pick. The intro to Doom Eternal, dude, 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 have you played Doom Eternal? Uh, no. The intro to Doom Eternal is insane because it's like you're, you're in the, you're in your space fort. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> space You're fort. in your space fort. Uh, and it's like, it's like a bunch of distress calls from earth as hell is like actually starting to invade earth now. And, like, a bunch of people screaming, Ooh. like, help me, is there no one here to help me? Like, you know, people dying, mass hysteria, blah, blah, blah. And then the heavy metal starts to kick in, and yeah. then it just zooms in on the, the Doom Slayer putting the helmet on and cocking the shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just throws you on Earth, and you're just immediately killing devils. And it's just, mmm, <laughs> when that, when the, I forget what the name of the, uh, oh, God, what's, like, the Doom song? You know what I mean? It's like
1: the L something B L. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Yeah, like you know, you know what I mean. Like the doom song. Yeah. I can't summon the name to mind right now, but it's like it's like the modern Mick Gordon version of that that starts playing. Like da 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 da. E one M one. E one M one. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that starts playing, like the, the slow version of it, and then it picks up when he cocks a shotgun, and then you go on Earth, and you just start killing devils, and uh, it just makes me feel so awesome. I love it. Doom Eternal <laughs> is incredible. Um, and then my last pick, my last honorable mention, I just thought of this while we were talking, uh, is a game I played to death as a kid, uh, Prototype. Oh, I um, Because that. It, it starts with, like, you're in the future, and you have all of your abilities, and your wrecking house, and you're like, this is insane, this is awesome, this is great. Uh, and then it kind of does that flashback of, like, not this silly, but to the effect of, like, you're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but Alex Mercer, is a, he's someone that I, we have a, an episode topic coming up uh, where we talk about kind of like heroism and how it's interpreted in games. And Alex Mercer is someone that I want to talk about a lot because uh, he's incredible as a protagonist of a video game because he's really not a protagonist. But just the intro sequence of that game just absolutely wrecking house, and then the story with Blackwatch and the virus and all that stuff—it kind of just starts throwing all of this at you, and then but it keeps enough for there to be this really compelling mystery of like how everything happened. I I the, like the, the pin drop at the very end of the game where you realize that Alex Mercer is the one that unleashed the Blackwatch virus. Like blew my mind as a kid because the entire game you're like, who did it? Was it your sister? Was it this crazy like? Rude mother lady, was it the leader of the like the the black op like black watch like task force like who did it? And then you find out that you're the one that did it. I was like, dude, that's insane. I I really
1: like when games that have that mechanic where you like you gain abilities as the game goes on. I really like when games in the opening sequence they give, give you, you all, all of, of the it. abilities and then you either lose them or it flashes back and you have to like regain them. I really like that because it's a really cool way to like get you hooked immediately because you can see what you're going to be capable of and then you have to get there yeah like it's, I, I really like when games do that
0: yeah yeah and then um prototype two i hated the protagonist but i loved the story if that makes sense but that, that's a different conversation entirely but yeah those are my honorable mentions Ghost straight breakpoint do maternal prototype solid games sweet are you ready you want a three two one and say it at the same time don't you need to do your number two my number two is kingdom hearts Oh. Yeah, we already did it. we're on number one now. Oh, you damn. You want a three two one this? 'Cause it's we haven't we haven't verbally said it, but we both know. Ready? Well hang on. I are you do you think that ours is the same? I think our number one is the same. Uh okay, well You want a three two one and then if it's, it's different
1: Hey, I will say this. If at this point if I haven't said the game that you're thinking of, and you think they're the same, then I'm going to say they're 100 percent the same because I have talked about this
0: before, and you know that this is yeah. my so favorite let's three, intro. Plus three, two, one. Right. Say it at the same time. Three, three two, two, one. Mass, Mass Effect Three. 3. Yes. There it is. Yep. Mass Effect. Not only my favorite game intro, I this is a strong stance to take. I think it is the best intro to a video game ever. Period. Bar I, none. I, I agree. What is there to say, man? I agree. It's, no, it's I the will... trope of everything going to shit, which is my favorite. Yeah. The Reapers, adds, like, the sound effect that they use for the Reapers, like, the War of the Worlds tripod-esque, like, horn, everything, like, them landing on the yeah. planet, wrecking house, you barely managing to get out of there alive. I, I will say this. The, the, the foreshadowing with the little kid, incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I will say this.
1: The... It was incredible... But it did so much more for me as somebody who played...
0: Yeah, I started
1: with Mass Effect 3. And I played Mass Effect 1 and 2, and, you know, I knew nothing about... uh, Because, oh, I have to back up even more. I'm fucking this all up, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm a mess. It's okay. (laughs) I did not play Mass Effect 1 and 2 all the way through. Yeah. I had played little bits of them leading up to 3. So I knew the gameplay, I knew kind of the world, and I knew of the Reapers, mm-hmm. and I knew that they were this looming threat that they were kind of hinted at here or there, but I had never beaten one, and I had never beaten two. Did you?
0: Did you get to the point in Mass Effect Two where you where you got to the the Human Reaper prototype? That's literally the end of the game. So no, oh, I, yeah, I yeah. thought I thought it was like a little bit before the final act.
1: No, no, that is, is that that, that is yeah, the boss right. fight. Yeah, at you're the right. End that is the, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um. So I had, like like I said, I played a little bit of one, a little bit of two, and I had heard the name, you know, the Reapers, and I all I understood about them were that they were this looming threat from thousands of years ago that we know nothing about. And then I got Mass Effect 3, and I remember going into it, like, the opening sequence is, you know, they, they come and get you, and they're like, hey, something's going on, shit's going down, and you, they keep saying things like, oh, the Reapers, and like, oh, is it the Reapers? And they're like, oh, I don't know, and... So I remember I'm playing that sequence and I keep hearing that name and I'm like, oh, I remember what that is. Like, yeah. oh, it's probably just some aliens that, you know, they're going to show up in their ships and it's going to be, you know, whatever. And I remember playing Nothing through that sequence. Nothing could have prepared me. Yeah. And then they you get to, like, the council chamber and they're like, yeah, dude, something's out there that we don't moon, know what moon, it is. Moonbase
0: just lost communication. Like, yeah. yeah. And they're like,
1: we just lost contact with Luna. Like, we don't we don't know what the hell's going on. And then it cuts to this video. Of this dude, like, like, hey, they're fucking landing here. Like, we don't know what's going on. And then the video cuts out. Does they, Do they?
0: Do you hear the horn in the video? No. Oh, okay. oh I think you do. Because I, I remember, think it's just subtle. I remember hearing the horn in the background of the video, and I was like, what? Yeah, you're like, what is that? Because the War of the Worlds, I went into Mass Effect Three having watched War of the Worlds many times. It's one of mm -hmm. my favorite sci-fi movies ever, and ninety percent of the reason why I love that movie so much is the sound design. The horn on the tripods is the most bone-chilling sound ever. Yeah, and then like after the video, everything cuts
1: out and it's silent, and then you look out the window and you see a Reaper landing on a building, desolating it, and then you hear its sound as the weapon fires. Yep. And then I remember going, What the fuck? That is a Reaper? Like that's not a spaceship. That's a Reaper itself. And then And then
0: 80 more land.
1: And then 80 more land. Everything collapses. And then you the game spawns you for play, like outside a building, literally looking at a city getting destroyed by Reapers. And I remember in that moment thinking, like, this is Earth. We're on Earth right now. Yep. Like Earth is being decimated by this force. Like, what the fuck are we gonna do? And then
0: I remember it, my, the first thing I was thinking when I played through the intro was like, is this going to be like a guerrilla war on Earth against the yeah, Reapers? Dude. Like, And then at the end where you're just like, no, we got to go. I was like, but this is Earth, dude. Like, yeah. you're just going to leave Earth? Yeah, and, and
1: that is just what I was getting at is every single effect that they were trying to have was just executed flawlessly. Mm. Because like I said, as soon as you spawn, I'm like, dude, we're on Earth. Like, I've never played a game where... earth Earth. is threatened yeah we've never lost earth before what the fuck and then exactly what you said at the end of that mission they're like we gotta go and you're like what no dude and Shepard, in that moment is like no i don't want to go i'm staying here with you to fight this and anderson is like no dude you gotta go like you gotta go get this figured out and i remember having that moment where i am like dude i don't want to fucking leave Yeah, i want to stay here and fight like what the hell is going on and just like everything that they did in that mission is absolutely incredible and just flipped everything upside down for me because i like you said i was not prepared. Yeah. I had no idea what i was getting into and just like god I that think even was even
0: people that got through all of one and two probably still weren't prepared no. either cuz like the the human reaper prototype is just like kind of there. Yeah. It doesn't move like it's just like kind of like suspended in construction yeah, yeah. basically, right? So it's like, oh, okay, cool. It's massive and fucking creepy looking, but okay. Well, if you beat Mass Effect 2 on... Well, you see, like, the shadows. Yeah, if
1: you beat it on the hardest difficulty, at the end of the game, you it's, it's hinted at the end of 1 and at the end of 2 that you have completely, like, erased the threat of the Reapers because you... Uh, basically, you get rid of their ability to, like, travel from where they're at in dark space to the Milky Way. Yeah. And you remove that and at the end of two if you beat it on the hardest difficulty it shows you a picture of like you said the shadows it shows dark space and then you see little things lighting up as the reapers are moving yeah i love that it's like oh hundreds of thousands of them lighting up and if you know if you did that moment then you're like oh they're coming (laughs)
0: Yeah, I oh, I lo- Lord, they coming. I love the the super insanely advanced sentient crazy robot race is like, "Oh, we can't fucking just immediately teleport there?" Yeah, we're just, All right, we'll pack walk. your suitcases. Let's just <laughs> fucking go on a jaunt. yeah, I we'll guess. fucking walk. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. so it's so petty. I love it. I know. It. <laughs> Instead of giving up and finding another galaxy, they're like, "No, the Milky Way is next yeah. on the list. We're walking." Yeah. <laughs> Get in the van. Road trip. Let's go. Yeah, just
1: Absolutely incredibly Well done and that is the thing There I think is it was the execution Of it versus the concept Like the concept alone is incredible and crazy But they did it but they executed it flawlessly and i know everybody hates the ending to mass effect 3 i don't care i thought it was perfect i thought it was perfect
0: i think i think the biggest reason a lot of people didn't like the ending of mass effect 3 is because the entire game is about choice and it's, the choice at the end of 3 is kind of like it's relegated to di- three options that you have well i'm okay two. with there being i'm okay with there being like a a kind of limited set of options cuz given the constraints of what you could have done in that moment it makes sense i just think people I think people wanted the choice to be a little bit more grandiose than, like, destroy everything or not. Control them, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay.
1: I don't know. I disagree because, like... I think it was great. Yes, the games are based on choice, but look at at Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2. Those games didn't end with 36 million different ways it could have ended, and it ended with one way it could have ended because that's the story they were trying to tell. So, like, regardless of the choices you made in Mass Effect 1, yes, they made an impact as far as, like... You know if you choose to help the whatever ship versus you know like you have options to you know have humanity support people or do this or do that but either way it ends with Saren dying and um shit i forget the name of the first reaper um sovereign sovereign yes um you know it ends with Saren dying and and sovereign getting to the citadel and you know wrecking house and shit and like that that game ends with one way to end same with Mass Effect 2 same with Mass Effect 3 and the scale of the story that they were telling it like it you can't lend itself to anything other than you either destroy them or you control them and like that was like the message in Mass Effect 3 is that you know the elusive man spent however much time he did trying to control them because he was indoctrinated and the Reapers knew, that Oh, you can't control us. Like, so we're going to make you think you can. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I think the ending was executed perfectly. I think people were just upset because in the original release, um, they didn't really show the impact of the decisions that Shepard made. Yeah. So all they did to, you know, to like make the fans happy was they re-released an ending and it was just, like, a new sequence at the end where it shows, like, as Shepard is making that decision. Ooh, I'm getting goosebumps. It, like, <laughs> flashes back to all of the decisions that you made throughout the games. Like, you know, Shepard, or, like, Morden
0: dying and, like, all the shit no, that you did. did. yeah. I did it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think that's part of the reason why, like, gameplay-wise and, like, on a micro level, the story of Andromeda I loved. But on a macro level, it's yeah. like, yeah, man, the new villain sucks. Yes. It's we've, generic gene stealing aliens, yeah. and it's like, yeah, we've we've talked about it before. Like, I don't offline. think on the mic, yeah, but yeah. like, it's like it's a great game. The gameplay is awesome. The characters are awesome. I actually really like Scott Ryder. I think he's he's a cool protagonist. But, but there is like,
1: no villain that will ever stand up to the
0: scale of the Reapers. I think like, I think there is villains in other franchises that could but in, within in, within yeah. the mass effect world they cannot it's impossible. raise the bar any higher it's impossible like yeah like this is
1: a a race of creatures that for literal millions of years have been visiting the milky way every 50,000 years and exterminating all life yeah like the only like, way that is insurmountably you can't like sovereign says it in in the in mass effect 1 when you talk to sovereign it's like i'm the vanguard of your destruction and blah 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 but it's like you can't comprehend us you can't yeah. under because Yeah, the is
0: conversation like, with the reaper in mass effect yeah. One. i watched like a video of it yeah. it's insane because Shepard
1: is like why why are you doing this like stop and and it's like dude you can't you can't comprehend us you can't understand why we're doing this this is just the way this is this is the way it's been for millions of years and sorry but you're all your people are gonna die like you can't comprehend this and it's so incredible because like you're taking this race of sentient machines that's you know been doing this for millions of years talking to this thing that's been alive for like 35 years you know and like it would be like us talking to an ant it would be like us explaining to an ant why hey sorry we have to get rid of your anthill but i have to put a house here like yeah it's like the same concept and it's just crazy to think about
0: yeah i I don't remember the name of the alien race in andromeda but the cat the cat the only way i could see if they ever visit the andromeda universe again which i hope they do the only way i could see the cat being like any kind of compelling villain is if they're like the genetic blueprint of like like the first reapers you know what i mean like if they, they were can't the ones, they can't they can't
1: connect like, it because like the The Reapers were designed by the Leviathans. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, the the AI was designed by the Leviathans, and then the AI built Reapers in the image of the Leviathans, and then yada, yada, yada. So, like, it's it's just a classic, like, Terminator kind of trope of, like, oh, we created machines to help us, but now they kill all of us, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like, the cat, I don't know. I don't know how
0: they're going to do anything with that, but. If they do, I I honestly like after the events of the first Andromeda game, I would love it if they just dropped the cat entirely and moved on to something cooler. I think what Mass Effect needs from my own perspective,
1: I think Mass Effect needs a lower stakes. I think they need to lower the stakes and have it be more about like the little moments in Andromeda with like the gang war and all that shit. Like, yeah. lower the stakes. Take it to that level. Make it more about interpersonal relationships, interspecies relationships. Like, yeah. Like, I, I think in order for Mass Effect to be successful again, they need to lower the stakes. And honestly, I think that's kind of what they're doing with Mass Effect the next game because it shows a world after the Reapers were destroyed, um, yeah. probably hundreds of years after because there's all kinds of theories. But I think they're lowering the stakes, which I would be really happy with. Because it, it, I, w- I will be pissed if they try to go... If they try to do the cat thing again, where they're like, okay, so the Reapers are really bad, but really there's this other thing that's even more terrifying. Like, I'm okay with the like idea. They did that in Halo and I hated yeah. it.
0: I'm okay with the idea of the cat being more terrifying. They just have to show it. <laughs> they have it. to justify it. They have to prove to us why. Yeah. Like, an entire race of people that, like, conceal your genes and all that. Yeah, sure. Terrifying. I get it. Like, I get what they were going for, but, like, they didn't really. They didn't really show it, you know what I mean? They didn't really put yeah. put your money where your mouth is. I will say the final boss sequence in Andromeda was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did enjoy it. I thought it, it made me feel good that moment where you very briefly switched to because I played Male Scott, um, so that oh yeah that you moment where to, you switched yeah. to Sarah was like really cool when you lose your connection to Sam and she's like, "What the hell? I have to fix this." That was a mm-hmm. cool little moment. Like the urgency of the final act of Andromeda was really great. Yeah. I really digged it. Yeah, um, they did it really but, well. But like. All of that would have been fine for me if they weren't trying to sell the cat as worse.
1: yeah, and honestly, I don't my think... my
0: favorite moment in Andromeda is when you find the audio recording in um in uh, Alec Ryder's quarters of like the Reapers attacking. Yeah, dude, and that like... was awesome. That was great. I love that. yeah,
1: and like i i don't I don't really think they tried to make the cat worse. I think what they tried to do was make the cat bad. And it's just, like, the whole game, you're playing it with the knowledge of what happened in the Milky Way. Yeah. You know, and you're just, like... Eh, you just gotta like, separate yourself. Like, yeah, this is scary, but exactly. Like, I know we've talked about it. I think Andromeda is an incredible game. I loved it. I loved Andromeda. I just... I don't know. It's like it's like eating the best meal of your life for dinner, and then waking up the next day and having like a cup of yogurt for
0: breakfast. You're like, uh, you're like yeah, this is good, and it's I hitting the spot. If, but if it's they, not. It's not what I just had. If they committed to a trilogy yes. in Andromeda, and yeah. like there was like more foreshadowing and more up and stuff like that. Great, but they kind of made Andromeda and then didn't do like they didn't really set up a sequel. Like, there's because it was so poorly received. But like, like, even I think like, they did set even up, movies, a even movies that are poorly received still set themselves up for a sequel. But at the end of Andromeda, it's kind of just like we did it now, we continue. Yeah, I mean, and it's they, like okay, they, they kind of did set themselves up because there's there's the hint of.
1: Because the Archon was the main bad guy for the Ket in Andromeda, and they set it up that he reports to somebody scarier. Yeah. And there's, like, a council of Ket or something like that. Yeah. And they hinted that, and so, like, they were set up for a sequel. It was just so poorly received that Bioware didn't do anything with it. And, like, honestly, yeah, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I don't know.
0: So I think Inquisition was poorly received and they're going was, all in no, on No, it Red wasn't. Wolf.
1: Inquisition was really well received. All
0: I remember was people saying that Inquisition sucked. Honestly, no, like yeah, at that point in the, in history like 2016 or 14 or whatever when it first came out. Yeah, I remember I remember people being like Nah, no, dude. Yeah, I I I think like if you look at the reviews it's like
1: 90% plus everywhere like it was really i remember okay being really i mean well i believe received.
0: you i was i was only like 15 yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know but um yeah i just i remember what i remember is a lot of people being like yeah it's okay but skyrim came out in 2011 and it's better
1: yeah and that's all it was it's yeah. just like oh yeah really good game but this thing's so much cooler that's that's all it was it was still really well received though um,
0: yeah i if yeah. they if they just double down and like try it again and put, put more into it. I think like yeah. Andromeda 2 or would, whatever could be great, but I don't
1: I would love it. I don't
0: think two. they're ever gonna do it, and that bums me out.
1: I don't think they are. I think what they're going to do instead is because in the trailers for the new Mass Effect, it's it's very heavily implied that this is hundreds upon hundreds of years after the Reapers were destroyed. Um well that's that's up for debate. Like I don't wanna make any like official like this is my theory kind of statement, but It's it could the new one could take place hundreds of years after Mass Effect, which if they choose to do that, then it could happen at the same time as the events of Andromeda. Yeah. So I think if anything, just to appease fans of Andromeda, I think they're going to like mention the events of Andromeda and be like, oh shit, we just got word from blah blah blah. I don't know how they would do that. Yeah. I just. But I think they're going to offhandedly mention it and kind of like how they did in Andromeda, where they. You heard Alec Ryder experiencing the Reaper invasion, or not Alec you, Ryder? You, but... He
0: got like transmissions from Earth about yeah, how yeah. shit's going crazy. Yeah, yeah, and like, and then Alec Ryder, I love it because Alec Ryder's just like, oh shit, glad yeah. it ain't me. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like honestly, oh, Clancy Brown. Good old, he was just like, oh, that sucks. Fuck. Good old neocortex. Good old neocortex,
1: dude. I'm never gonna unhear it now. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're just gonna
0: like hint at what I, happens in Andromeda, and then. I, just, forward. I hope it's later in the f- I don't want to play Shepard again. No, you won't. I don't even want Shepard to be alive. I don't even want him to be a crotchy old man that's like, Berger Day. I just nothing yeah. to do with Shepard.
1: Yeah. No, his story is done. It's told. It's incredible. Leave it alone. Yeah. is like, oh, I'm going to... We're at the end of the episode, but I was getting ready to rant about Master Chief and Halo and how they did him dirty, but...
0: <sighs> There's... My, like, Just go. really briefly. You built an yeah.
1: incredible universe, go somewhere else in the universe. Yeah, it doesn't biggest... have to be about the fucking Skywalkers. It doesn't yeah. have to be about Master Chief. It doesn't have to be about Shepard.
0: My, my problem with Halo Infinite is that it is a petri dish of like 30 amazing ideas that weren't explored or fulfilled or f- like fleshed out. Yeah. It's like a bunch of really solid ideas that just go nowhere. I think Infinite had my favorite it's a jack of all trades master yeah. of none kind of thing. Infinite had my favorite how do I word it? It had my favorite characterization of Master Chief because Halo 4 and 5 tried to make him like a person and Master Chief doesn't need, to be, doesn't need to be a person. He just needs to be Master Chief. He just needs to be a fucking killing machine. But I I like that they gave him a few kind of like softer moments mm-hmm. with um with uh with the uh what's his name oh god the pilot
1: Santiago no uh
0: Fernandez yeah something like that yeah I I'm so sorry I don't remember his name he's he's my favorite character in the whole game I love how he's just yeah he's like just a fish out of water just like what is going on and Master Chief is just like oh Master Chief but like they they have a few kind of like more like brought down sensitive moments and I, I loved that. I love, I love that kind of characterization of just like, yeah, he's a killing machine, but also like, you know, he's like, what does, what does that do to a person? You know what yeah. I mean? To just shut everything else off and just kill things. You know, what, you know but what in four thought. and five, it's like you don't, he doesn't need to be in love. Like, I just thought it'd be really funny
1: if they did some kind of like handoff moment where, like, because Asparza, the is his name. Yeah. Esparza spends the whole time. The whole game like having meltdowns and yeah Just fish out of water like you said losing his shit It would have been really funny if they took A moment where like Like Master Chief and Esparza are like in some shit and you know He never fights Esparza just like flies the ship Around or whatever yeah and it'd be really Funny if Esparza's like losing his Mind and he's like chief what are we gonna do And then Master Chief goes You need a weapon oh and then And then it switches to gameplay as Esparza
0: His running speed is like a quarter of Master Chief. He can't jump at all, and he has a stamina bar that depletes instantly.
1: But, like, a a callback to, I need a weapon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, fuck it. Put a Spartan in a Mjolnir. He'll be fine. Yeah, dude. Make him a Spartan. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. I really liked Weapon. I thought Weapon was great. Oh, the the AI thing? Yeah. Yeah. I liked Weapon. But, yeah, just, like, so many cool ideas that would have been great that they didn't double down on in any way. Like, if it was just a, like... They should have focused on, um, the whole, like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It's just, it sucked. It was bad. Yeah.
1: I I don't know. Like a lot of people were like, Oh, halo's back. They've, they've rejuvenated the the franchise. Yeah. The gameplay was great, but I still just had that same empty feeling that I got from four and five because, and this harkens to the mass effect conversation, at the end of Halo Three, you eradicate the Flood. Like, well done, job, mission accomplished. Again, same kind of trope. This threat that's millions of years old that has been plaguing the galaxy forever is finally done. You did it. We can go home. Like, I don't, I don't need to play another game after that. Like, it, you know, Halo Four opens up, and they could the have didact,
0: done, right? Yeah,
1: but they, Ugh. and that's my problem. Is they, they took this incredible villain. And then they had to follow it up with something, so they chose another villain that they tried to make incredible. I wish Halo 4 had just been more about Master Chief fucking getting back to Earth and, like, fighting his way back to Earth. And there didn't need to be some super scary villain that they tried to make worse than the Flood, because
0: there's nothing worse than the Flood. I wish... Honestly, the biggest thing that I wish is that they actually doubled down and killed Master Chief in Halo 5. Yeah, because that was like the whole marketing campaign is like, oh, is, is Locke going to kill Master Chief? Is Master yeah. Chief evil? Like blah, blah, blah. It was the whole thing. I wish they doubled down, killed Master Chief and then moved on.
1: Yeah, it's just like I, I just get that empty feeling after playing the game because I'm like it, it doesn't it it's not doing it for me. Like I already doing- did the most incredible thing in the universe. Like what else is there to do here? Unless you put me in somebody else's shoes, that's dealing with different problems. That's why ODST is my
0: favorite Halo game. Yeah, because you're just a fucking guy.
1: That's what I'm saying. You're just a
0: dude. The smooth yeah. jazz.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm the, saying, the, man. Is like you, saucy
0: Johns. I love it.
1: <laughs> you build these like incredible universes in Halo and Mass Effect, Star Wars, mm-hmm. like Dragon Age. All of these franchises have such robust, incredible fran- uh universes
0: with yeah. so much
1: to do in them, and then they focus on one guy forever. Forever. Yeah, that's And it's like do something for, else, go
0: somewhere else Lower the stakes Yeah, that's that's one of the things about ODST that I love too Even more so than Reach Because even in Reach, Noble 6 is still like Some guy Well no, in Reach, Noble 6 is like the second biggest badass in yeah. the universe Everyone's like, oh he's just behind Master Chief In terms of how fucking awesome he is For as much as I love playing his characters like that I also love being an ODST soldier that had a fucking botch jump And now all you have to your name is SMG and Smooth Jazz Like I yeah. loved that
1: i love i've said it for years i would love i would love an
0: odst game
1: i would love a halo game set as you play one of the rando marines that crashed in the pillar of autumn on the first halo and you're just trying to survive like you're just some random guy master chief's out there fucking kicking the covenant's ass and you're left with you and you're like you know, shy crew of of guys that are just trying yeah. to survive on the original Halo. And then at the end of the game, the Halo fucking blows up and yeah. you either leave escape or you don't. Like my
0: like ODSTs, the reason that I'm so partial to it is because ODSTs are my favorite How do I word? They're like my favorite military faction. Yeah. If yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Like they're just so cool. They're just normal dudes. Yeah. But they do like the hell jumpers and all that. I love that. Like it's it's like it's like still kind of like special forces you're not like yeah, it you're is. not you're that's, not that's all it is is yeah you're, it's like the halo you're special forces just the airborne forces. rangers of
1: fucking space
0: yeah. and i love i just love i don't know what it is it's like the their uniforms are sick like it's like that blend cuz master chief is all power armor but the odsts they still have like pouches and like yeah, dude. magazines and stuff like that like i just love the aesthetic and i love the lore of the odsts yeah i want to know i want an odst game that is like actually an ODST game like obviously ODST was great but like from start to finish playing as one dude like make it just make it the fucking Call of Duty of Halo yeah let me play as Call of Duty 4 soap. But in Halo as an yep. ODST, and you're just part of a squad and you're doing cool guy shit. Like, how yeah, no, about that?
1: We could do, I bet we could do an entire episode on like video game franchises
0: and the offshoot games that we'd like to see. Come yeah, because we, it. I was just about to say, we talked about that. We should bookmark that because Let's we did that Call of Duty 4 thing that I was talking Let's about. Let's bookmark yeah, it. We'll dude. Bookmark so, that. we're
1: going to put offshoot
0: games as a topic for the future. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, this kind of became the, the Mass Effect Halo podcast episode yeah (laughs) it's all good yeah um it's obviously something that we're super passionate about and it's why mass effect 3 is our favorite game intro Mm -hmm. of all time because you can't like i i don't think mass effect 3 is going to be on my outros list like favorite game ending or outro but like if 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 you are having a conversation about the greatest game intros of all time mass effect 3 has to be on that list and if it's not you're just wrong yeah i agree yeah, unless um, you just haven't played it, in which case go play Mass go Effect. Go play Mass Effect. If you haven't yeah. played, if you're listening to this and you haven't played Mass Effect three, dog. Yeah, <laughs> fix, uh, fix that. Sin.
1: This is a little, little bit of a oh, shout out to you. He's he not playing play Mass, Mass Effect? He doesn't. I I don't know. I don't remember why he hasn't played any Mass Effect games. I think he just said he doesn't like. Them. I don't Sin, I don't know why there's listen, a reason there's, I'm sure
0: there's a reason but Sin, he's wrong. if you just watch a playthrough then you'll have beaten it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably part of his justification. He's probably like, "Oh, I've seen playthroughs." I don't. Know. I don't listen, I, I when, remember, it comes, I remember when it comes when it comes having to, a legitimate reason that made me drop it and I was like, "Oh, okay, whatever."
0: When like, it comes to a game that's super super story driven, yeah. like Undertale and like Mass Effect, I can kind of understand the whole ideology of like, oh, I've seen it. I know yeah. the story. Like I, I got everything I needed to get from it because what I get from those games is the story, not the gameplay. So yeah. it's like I can see that and then not wanting to play through it because you already know what's going to happen at that point. It's just like I want to experience it for myself. Single player games are also a heavy investment. Like yeah, you well, have yeah. to like really pour you your care. emotions and yeah. So so it's like on one hand I can understand, but on the other hand, like play it. Yeah. yeah. Play it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Ten Points Slashing. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're uh, listening on Spotify, please give us a rating. It helps tremendously. Any closing thoughts? Any last words? Um, I want to have closing thoughts, but I don't. Okay. Well, my name is Matthew. And my name is SJ. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Have a great, I don't know, Saturday. We release episodes on Saturday. Have a great Saturday. Yeah. And if you're listening to this on another day of the week, then stop and finish the last minute of this episode on a Saturday so that or, we're not Or wrong. don't, because I listen to podcasts on my way to work,
1: so I don't really listen to them on Saturday. I, we have a lot of listeners that listen on the day of release, though. Yeah, so we that's do. We cool. do. That's rad. That's um, pretty cool.
0: No matter what time zone you're in, no matter what time you're listening, um, if it's 30 years in the future and you're hearing this after both Matt and I are dead, then you know I hope, uh, I hope I have more than 30 years. Uh, okay. if you're, yeah. If you're <laughs> li- okay, listen. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday, have a good Saturday.
1: Yeah. Either way, have a good Saturday. I have don't care what Saturday. day it is. I hope you have a good Saturday.
0: All right. I'm cutting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Later.